Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Dave here. I'm with my wife, Kathy. Hello. And you're listening to the Cinemile, the uh, podcast where we walk to the movies and then we walk back from the movies. Uh, we're not walking right now. <laughs> we're in an Uber. It's exciting. Because um, we're late. We're late. Now, to, to be fair, normally, it, normally it's your fault. Mm-hmm. It's all your fault. Yes. And I'm quick to blame you always. You are. Uh, but this time it's, it's, it's not, nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault because uh, we had to line up work coming back from work lining up a babysitter getting a screening that wasn't too late so we can go back in time to leave the babysitter Dave you're really giving this a lot of explanation basically we're in an this Uber we're not walking the flight of the modern parent <laughs> it is the flight of the modern parent um, the poor middle class parent it is so, no yeah. one ever thinks of us no one ever thinks of us getting to the cinema it's terrible life so we're going to see Ant-Man and the Wasp yes which Dave's very excited by I'm super excited yeah. uh, if you don't if you don't listen to this podcast I like Marvel movies mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a massive Marvel fan however Ant-Man the first one was actually one of my favourite Marvels ever in that I enjoyed it a lot in the cinema I thought it was really sweet and fun and I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan and I really like Evangeline Lilly so she was briefly in the last movie Kate from Lost Kate from Lost was briefly in the last movie she was not she was more than briefly in it I'm she trying was, to remember. Oh, she was Michael Douglas's okay. daughter, was she? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Michael Douglas is really fun in this. So I'm really pleased she she's out. now. She was. She was the. He was the sort of hapless. Um, probably had thieving skills in the first one. He, oh he could, yeah, yeah. He didn't know how to fight. She taught him how to fight. I'd forgotten all that. Um, Thanks she, for the synopsis of the first movie. She was a badass, and Michael Douglas was really fun. And I like that she's got equal billing with that man. That's quite unusual. To, for yeah. her to have equal billing with him is really good. I think cool. this is the first time a female. Marvel superhero has had a title role. Yes, for sure it is. Yeah. Um, and she's really cool. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan. And he's so strange in that he actually hasn't aged a day since Clueless. No. Which was in about around 1995. Um, and I lo- have loved him ever since Clueless. And I'm such a fan. So I think he was really inspired casting for this because he is a not obviously your typical action hero. And I think he just pulls it off so well so albeit I've only seen the first one once and obviously had forgotten a lot of it I did enjoy it so I'm looking forward to this but I don't have huge expectations beside that well I, I, I'm just all I want is for a bit of like fun on this Monday yeah. night and I'm also this interested hot, to see it is hot so I'm excited for Aircon I'm ex- interested to see okay no spoilers for the last Avengers movie but there was quite an ending to that I'm interested to see how that ties in with this. I don't understand because this is coming after that, but I doubt they're like giving the game okay, away well, in this one. So I, don't tell me if you know, because I don't. I'm going to tell you 
I haven't seen no any. Tra- I haven't seen any trailers. We'll discuss it after. I haven't seen any trailers for okay. this. I don't even know what the plot is. Okay. I've avoided absolutely everything. But I can. I have seen a trailer. That but I, I can tell you something that you're going to ask me in the course of this movie that the movie probably won't tell you. Okay. This this happens before the Avengers. Oh, lame. Or possibly during, but it's not after. Because they usually. They're usually in an order, aren't they? As far they? as I know, this is bef- just before. Because they're usually in um, timely order, aren't they, these movies? Basically, the thing that you're alluding to hasn't happened. Okay, right. Yet, okay. As far as I know. Because um, that would be pretty that, important. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, wondering. Yeah. How is this, like, basically a rom-com it or whatever happened. way it's being built? Okay. Okay. Um, oh, and I... Who hasn't note, seen the event? Like, so, who so I, I mean, who is it? This, lots of people haven't Hands seen the Avengers Dave seen lots of people don't care about the Avengers but probably if they're listening to this review they've probably seen the Avengers um, but on how a side people, note how many people have their hands up right now what I've done is um, so we go to view cinemas a lot because there's one um, kind of near our house and they've done this amazing thing that we've mentioned before and no we're not sponsored by them we just think it's amazing where all movie tickets are like a fiver but because yeah, 5.99 5.99 so because they do that now and it's so clever like every cinema should do it they're now packed all the time so the last two times I've gone to the, the View Cinema it's been so late for the movie because the concessions queue is so long. So everyone's buying food and drink. And because of that, because we're a bit late this evening, I've actually brought my own drink and chocolate, so I'm pretty excited about that because I queued for 20 minutes last time. Well, it's a waste of money, as everyone knows. That's I don't mind it... spending the money because I think, you know, they've given us cheap tickets. I like, there's something fun about getting, like, movie theatre food, but I'm just, the queues are too long now. They're, like, out of control and they're really slow because everyone's buying the cinema tickets yeah. at the same time as getting food no no smart move for you as a consumer but also smart move by the cinema to lower the, oh, the prices get people yeah. in the door because if anyone doesn't know they make the money from the from the, the snacks and the drinks yeah. it's not that there's huge markup like popcorn costs Nothing. like pence yeah like it's like pennies someone told me that the markup for it was actually my friend Nick who's been on this podcast reviewing Geostorm he said that the markup on popcorn now I don't know where he got this fact from like people who sell popcorn in movie theaters make more money than cocaine dealers do like cocaine distributors which could well, be true because it's essentially keeping cinemas afloat right I would imagine the overheads on cocaine are pretty high because you've got to get it out of Colombia or wherever <laughs> it's being grown no but in terms it's of the profit risky. margin um, but anyway I digress so I'm excited for my piece of uh, Reese's Pieces that I've got in my handbag yeah okay bye <laughs> it's not I just not left you hanging there we're not sponsored by Reese's yeah what is up either. with you with I your just, product I placement like, I'm not proud of it I'm you... just dropping brands left right and centre by the way I really love your new Nike uh, <laughs> I'm not wearing okay I'm not wearing Nike runners and I'm, I'm really, wearing sandals and okay. I really uh, like your uh, Karen uh, Millen uh, glasses Okay, that they actually are Karen Millen, but that's just because you're looking Stop at Stop sponsoring the Karen Millen. You're okay, such a shill. We need to go. Okay, bye. All right, bye. Brought to you by Adidas. I just have one question. When Cap needed help, if I'd asked you, would you have come? I guess we'll never know. But if you had, you'd have never been caught. I do some dumb things, and the people I love the most, they pay the price. Thanks to you, we had to run. We're still running. Let's go. Right, we are out. We've just seen Ant-Man, the Wasp. We're doing the long walk to the train yes. station. The Cinemile, if you will. If you will. 
It's maybe it's not a mile. It's it's, it's point, as long it's as point eight of a mile according <laughs> to City Mapper. So um, I I think I know how you felt about this, <laughs> um, and I kind of feel the same. I'm very really let down. I think it's quite I'm disappointing. I'm so let down, and you know, so okay. First of all, I'm no authority on the first Ant Man movie in that I've only seen it once, and it was in the cinema, so it was like like three years ago, right? So. You know, I, I can't speak to, like, the details of that movie. But I can speak about how I felt at that movie, which was that I was filled with enjoyment. I thought it was very endearing. And I thought it was very funny. And I thought it was really stylish. And this movie, myself, and I'm pretty sure the packed audience agreed with me because no one was laughing. Uh, so I thought there was no humour. So there's zero style, which proves to me that actually all the fun bits and the cool visual bits in the first movie were Edgar Wright, which I know everyone was arguing at the time. They didn't know where they came from. Well, they certainly didn't come from this director because nothing in this movie was visually interesting. Like all of the stuff in the first movie that was so cool, you know, when he was shrunk and playing around with different sizes and it was really funny and inventive. This was just like Ant-Man by numbers. So visually, I thought it was so dull. And then continuing in the fine Marvel tradition of having zero, um, for me, having zero investment in like the villains. There's kind of two separate villains. I thought Don't both say too much. plots say, were say terrible. And yeah. um, both plots were terrible. I didn't care about them. And then the end, like the third act, just went on and on and on. I just thought, oh my god, I cannot wait for this movie to end. And even Paul Rudd couldn't save it for me. Um, the only there's just one scene very near the end where for a second he's sitting in a car right and he turns and smiles at Evangeline Lilly and it's very very like a scene in Clueless and that's all I should say good about the movie that for a brief moment I was reminded of how good Clueless is <laughs> that's it yeah, so the best thing about this movie is that, it's just that reminded bit. anyone who knows Clueless, Clueless will know the bit I mean when he turns and smiles at her in the car and um, yeah that's oh and I hate his daughter oh my god and I don't normally hate you know 10 year old girls hate everything about his family they're the most annoying family that have ever been put to screen yeah they were really they were really annoying hang on we should, we should clarify Cathy doesn't hate the 10 year old actress not the actress who the character, the character. <laughs> just to be clear um, she's the fakest little girl I've ever seen like she was clearly written by turns written, out five yes. men because five people wrote this script including Paul Rudd was yeah. one of them um, uh, so when we, you see at the end when I saw all the names I was like of course five people wrote this because it's utter crap because she is she's been she's a manic pixie daughter yes girl. that's exactly that's right what she is she's she is a fake ass no one would ever speak like her act like her she apparently has no friends her only friend is her person. dad um anyway so and it's funny because i always i know i'm not like the biggest marvel fan even though i actually didn't really enjoy the last avengers movie um but I, I, I always love these little kind of sillier ones like Thor I, I was a big fan of I was a big fan of the original Ant-Man and now I'm like the first Ant-Man's are kind of at the top of my Marvel list and this is probably at the bottom maybe second to Captain one of the Captain Americas that I really hated so complete sort of a reversal for you because you really enjoyed Infinity War yeah it's just dead this movie's just dead all this movie is is just a series of plot points that they wanted to hit so that they can do an end credit scene that references Infinity War. That's all this movie is. Okay, right, you're going to really piss off some spoiler people. Anyway, I'm no, not spoiling anything. I'm just saying that's all that the movie is. Okay. 
Um, I'll say my thoughts and then we'll just move on to Spoiler Street because you're like teetering on the edge here. I feel like I'm. Well, I'm just a bit gonna, annoyed. You're gonna like piss we, off somebody. We don't get out very much, and like we've got a babysitter and we've come out for the night. And actually, I just was sitting there thinking, I wish we'd just gone out for dinner or a drink and like not be wasting our time with this shit. And like, it'd just be funny. At the very least, this movie could have been funny. Okay, well, can I can I talk now? You can talk keep now, going. Yeah. You can talk. Um, and I, you probably remember the first one better than me. I remember the first one a lot better than you. As I said on our Mission Impossible episode, you have goldfish Yeah, and you've seen it more than me. Memory. You don't remember anything. So, but uh, I do th- remember feeling. There's a, bit of a, there's a bit of a previously on at the beginning of this, which was a real lame exposition dump. Yeah. Well, actually, you, <laughs> you needed it, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I, like, I was you glad did. that they gave me the refresher, but at the same time, it was in no way interestingly or stylishly or cleverly done no like it was um, pathetic it was like a previously on it was also it was also ba- I'll talk about it in spoiler street but it's basically an ex- it's an exact scene that we saw in the first movie yeah. word for word almost anyway like that, as soon um, as that kind of came on I went oh this is bad this is looking bad for the movie I'm kind of with you this f- really felt like a, a misstep uh, it wa- it wants so badly to be a comedy, but it wasn't funny. Or at least, and I know the problem is comedy is subjective, and maybe this is work. I think this has worked for for people. It's getting generally positive reviews. I think our screening um, it wasn't working for except some pretty young kids who were kind of laughing at it. Um, yeah, exactly. The, um, the, the it's, it's it's a bad sign for a comedy when you're in a packed cinema. And there's titters of laughter in like four rows down the front, and sort of nobody's really. And, and, and often people are just kind of laughing along because they think they have to. Yeah, do you, there's do you an obvious punchline. Yeah, and it's like ah, and it's uh-huh. the, the sidekick Lewis or, again. He was quite funny in the first movie. He, he was delivering jokes in this movie, but they weren't funny. But you knew that if you were to laugh at any bit, you'd laugh at his bit. So the problem was, and he, the problem is with this movie uh, as with a lot of modern American comedy it feels like it's got that loose improvisational style that uh, Judd Apatow comedies have and the director Peyton Reed uh, has done quite a lot of this sort of style of movie like The Breakup uh, and other things like that and you get a very mixed bag Breakup's much better than this though is that I, the Jennifer just, Aniston and Vince Vaughn one? I'm talking about the quality of the breakup. Okay, I'm, just I'm just talking about the better. general yeah. uh, style of movie making where this feels like they would have sat in that, you know, sat in a van and and tried 50 takes and just, just have fun with it and let's see what happens. And then everyone had a great time and, oh, this one was kind of fun, we'll put that in. But the problem, what you get is you get a complete lack of coherency throughout this. So the comedy actually isn't woven into the, the narrative a lot of the time. It just feels like punchlines for the sake of punchlines yeah. and particularly um, with the uh, case of Louise and the other two sidekicks who really have nothing at all hey, to who do who were they? they they just brought them back because hey they're funny right uh, so you get these three incidental characters that really had nothing to do uh, were entirely inconsequential and just were just spouting off one there's a whole series where there's a whole series of like side gags uh, when they go to an office um, so bad and I they're talking died. about donuts and it's like oh my god you're so, you, you, I bought did you buy the expensive donuts I, I told you to eat the oatmeal uh, and it's like uh, oh we're running, you can't afford this and it's like but I like donuts and it's like you, this just felt like four grown men who everyone has decided 
are funny and because everyone comedians. likes them in the yeah. first one. They're not and even it's like, like comedians; they're actors. Like you go and you go and have fun, guys. You just have fun. Everyone likes you, and the, it's cringy because uh, Michael Douglas and Evangeline Lilly, who aren't comedic actors, are also there trying to trying to riff on this, and the whole thing just felt so embarrassing so to me embarrassing. I felt, felt like so oh I felt like oh this is terrible like, I'm like wait you spent hun- like hundreds of millions of dollars on these movies and this is the scene you're presenting us as a final product it felt cheap it was like a bad SNL skit. it looked cheap yeah it's like when comedies when comedies done badly and everyone in the in the room thinks they're funny and you don't then I just feel Im- I feel sad for them and I felt Kind of embarrassed to so be do you there. Think it's like the theme was improv. Like, do you know that for sure? No, I don't. No, I'm. Do, I'm just describing how. Or it could the have movie been written by five different me. writers. Yeah. Well, exactly, exactly. And may, maybe it was all scripted, and that's the best they came up with. Yeah. But, but the the fact of the matter is, nothing landed for me. No. There was only one joke that that made me laugh out loud, and I'll talk about that in Spoiler Street. And, but this is where an editor but, comes in. Like that should have been on the cutting room floor. That scene because it added nothing anyway. You know what I mean? just made the whole thing just a bit cringe that's that's where you need a good producer and a director who can just cut the fat on these things it it felt self-indulgent really and I think the fact that the first one was so well received and particularly the comedic parts have actually harmed the sequel because they've doubled down on all the funny bits and and it kind of just sapped the movie of any energy or momentum Mm -hmm, there's no momentum in this movie because the plot um, the plot isn't really strong enough the first movie is a heist movie that's what I was thinking there was such fun heist in that and it was about him being a bank robber and all that and this is just straight into a plot that's not interesting it's a quest movie and the quest is just kind of slow and it's stalled and I agree with you the villains aren't aren't strong enough or well defined enough. Um, there's also and uh, to your point about style, I, I think it's unfair to well it's it's impossible to say that um, it's Peyton Reed Peyton Reed's not as good a director as Edgar Wright and I don't think that's fair because no I'm just saying I think we it's don't pretty obvious where, now where the flair of the first movie no, came but from. it's not obvious and it's not fair to 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 say. Because that first movie was a collaboration, and we don't know who did what. And apparently, a lot of the funniest bits actually didn't come from Edgar Wright. Um, but I'll, what I will say for a fact is that this movie shows very little ingenuity that compared to what we saw in the first movie. Now, t- it is a sequel, and it has to build on existing things, like the because the first movie is an origin movie we're seeing this technology for the first time so it's fresh so the fact that he can shrink down he was in a bathtub and he was down a drain and he's flying an ant that's all new and interesting and exciting but that's something we could have always guessed you know of course he could shrink he was an ant but they made it fun they did make it fun but here here they don't really build on that very much there's only you know, let's just cut to Spoiler Street because I think I need to talk about some specifics I think here. we need to go to Spoiler Street as well yeah. um, and just get straight into it, okay? So, spoilers but, but, for we, Ant-Man. Before we do that, if you're thinking, should you go to this movie, uh, I would say if I'd you're say a Marvel completionist, then, then you've, probably seen then it you've already. already gone. Yeah. If you're kind of just, yeah, I don't see some of these Marvel movies, but you're not too bothered, mm. just watch this one on, on like... 
video on demand or yeah. whenever when it comes out. Don't bother. Don't do it. And honestly, the, the credit scene ain't worth sticking around for. <laughs> no, just look up. Do you just, know the other can you thing? watch it on YouTube? I will scene. say, I'm sick of the credit scenes now. I actually am. I we felt trolled by it. I actually thought, you know what? They're being so disrespectful now to the audience because, I mean, I wouldn't have sat for it except that we'd already missed our train and we were waiting for the next one anyway. But... But honestly, I, when the first one was okay, and then the second one, I thought they're actually just being disrespectful to the audience. Like, this is them just trolling us now. Because it's actually a lot to ask for seven, eight minutes out of someone's night at the end of what's already, what, a two hour movie. And then to just have a crap scene like that. And just. And everyone in the audience just went, ugh. All the people who were left, like, nobody thought it was good except one seven year old half, me. Half of them, half of the audience left after the first one, whether yeah. or not they thought that the was The smart it. audience. But I, I, I'm, now, I'm feeling the same way about these post credit teaser stingers, whatever they're called, as I'm feeling about trailers at Comic Con. I don't, were we talking about this on the podcast? Or no, was we it were just talking about All right, we came out of the movie talking about the trailers at Comic Con. And it's like, you get these people queuing at Comic Con for six hours to watch a trailer that's going to be on the internet half an hour later. Yeah, I'm happy to just like see these things on. I'll go see the movie, but I'll just I'll see this like thirty second thing on the internet. I'll read about yeah, but Dave, it. Dave, you've always waited for the end credits, though. So. I know because I'm a sucker and <laughs> yeah. I'll never change. And I normally will go out to the bathroom or whatever. It's just this evening happened that we'd lose the time, so I, I waited for them. But I was really enraged. I didn't mind the first one, honestly. It was the second one that I was just enraged how long it took to come on and how bad it was. It just thought it was a great punchline and it wasn't. Yeah. All right, let's let's uh, let's turn on to Spoiler Street now. So, uh, Spoiler Street for... Ant-Man and the Wasp. Why is she called the Wasp? Just because she has wings. She has wings. I think she stung him at the start as well. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about... All right. Firstly, the villains... I think they tried to play the trick of... Will we just walk around here? Yeah. Train's so loud. We're waiting on our train. They tried to play that... um, I think clearly they've heard feedback that uh, people want their villains with a bit of depth and complexity, right? We saw... um, Michael B. Jordan in uh, Black Panther was a kind of a kind you can kind of see his point of view and he's kind of a good guy so well it was just that he had a developed backstory with a legitimate motivation right and of course Michael B. Jordan's particularly fantastic actor but I I feel like I feel like maybe you could look at that and uh, whoever was making decisions on this were like oh people like shades of grey in their (laughs) villains they don't want straight up villains right so let's have a villain who's just kind of like kind of a good person but just driven by personal pain or whatever so I can see why this is maybe a good idea of this ghost character on paper is she from the comics do you know I don't know we also instantly knew it was a woman because everyone for no reason was calling her a he but also hang on it was was a woman like I mean there's not like men and women um, often have quite distinct body shapes not always um but it was very clearly, it was clearly a woman. Yeah. Like, and everyone's going like, he's he's gotten the he's taken the building, and it's like, are you are you deliberately trying to build us up for a shock that it's a woman? Yeah, that's what they were doing. It's like it's what? like that age old joke, you know, when somebody says, um, oh, you know those jokes where it's like turns out the doctor is a woman because they said the word doctor and you presume doctor is a man, and that's kind of the punchline. Or the Kenko ads. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember those old Kenko yeah. ads? Where, uh, the CEO will see you CEO. now. You already met her. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. It's like, right, she's okay. A, yeah, she's with a Colombian coffee guy. And he's like, shouldn't we clear that with the boss? And I don't even... You think just we, did. You d- I don't know if we've much to say about her, except 
she's like her thing she's her Nothing dad is villain. like is like mortal enemy of um Michael Douglas and she morphs in and out of quantum physics. Okay. Her, her and, like, her, and she grew up in South America but has an English accent even though Lars Fishburne raised her. So why did she have an English accent? Why? That was bothering me. <laughs> that as was well. annoying me. Um she was just dull and every time she showed up I just thought, Oh my god, we have to watch her going in and phasing again. It's so boring. Her costume looked like um a TV show yeah. costume as well. It and felt then, like they it felt plasticky. I don't even think we should like give much time to either of the villains but like we'll really quickly mention that the other villain was that actor who kind of plays a bad southern drawler in everything oh Walton Goggins yeah who's, who's a great actor he's really good but again his, his character every time he showed up I just thought oh but why why do we have to watch this it's so pain by numbers it's like I'm a baddie and I deliver um, kind of he's essentially an arms dealer but he's delivering in like quantum physics machines to Evangeline Lilly and then he tries to double cross her and then he spends the whole film chasing them to the point where we watch like five chase scenes right oh my god he added nothing to nothing. anything except maybe to give uh, uh, Luis a bit of something to do yeah him I enjoyed the scene points. with them and the truth he was, theorem he was a plot driver yeah but I, I, he was deliberately put in Clearly this movie, again, doubled down in comedy and they thought, right, we'll have a kind of a comic villain. Uh, and I felt like... He felt like a slight callback to Sam Rockwell as um, Justin Hammer in Iron Man 2. A uh, very similar sort of character, but done with, you know, much poorer execution. Sam Rockwell was much more entertaining in that. And I think Walton Goggins is a brilliant actor yeah, and a great villain, too. but he's given very little he's to work with He's given absolutely nothing to do so, with it. And there was, but there was two two trivial villains there is no really big villain and then the ultimate goal of them which was to like oh get Evangeline Lilly's mom who's played by Michelle Pfeiffer that kept getting lost for me as yes, well because yes, that's yes, yes. not that wasn't my as a viewer our goal I was invested in because it, it was all kind of gobbledygook and it happened 30 years ago and they suddenly decide that on this day we need to do this right when you're being chased by this so called ghost woman and the FBI are chasing you and Paul Rudd has three days left before his probation ends that he's been on two years house arrest. So, like, just wait a few days. None of this needs to happen <laughs> yeah, yeah. now. And that wait genuinely till. annoyed me. I'm not being nitpicky. I just thought, okay. Wait, till, gonna, wait till he's finished his probation. Wait till he's finished his least. probation. And from yeah. his perspective, when they kidnap him, he would have been like, no, sorry, I'll come back in three days. Yeah. I'm not helping you. This ghost woman who's a baddie who's trying to kill them all, we know for a fact she's only got a few weeks to live. Wait till she's died. Or alternatively, Lawrence Fishburne and Michael Douglas and Evangeline Lilly can just all help her. Like there was no need for them to be antagonistic. Like that just that didn't make really sense. That really bothered me. So, like, Lawrence so Fishburne didn't need to be doing that. When Ghost and Lawrence Fishburne have kidnapped the three of them, and they tell them her plan. Our plan is to. Our plan is also to get Michelle Pfeiffer out of the thing, and then we're going to suck her energy out or something. And Lawrence Fishburne's kind of like, yes, but we want her to live. At that point, it was like. You're all in the same yeah, room together. Up. Yeah. Like, figure this out. Yeah. Like, the, the the conflict suddenly just fell over. Yeah. The reason for the conflict didn't make any sense. Need to, and, like, and we felt bad for her, you know. She's had a hard life. Like, great, we'll all work to help each other and everyone will be happy. Which, and then hang just, on, no. it's what happened anyway. Yeah. So why couldn't you have just got to that sooner? So yeah. all you end up with there is plot contrivances that frustrate the audience. Yeah. It really frustrated Every me anyway. part of it, to me, just felt like, oh, now we need to insert X to make Y Do you have happen. my ticket? Did you give it to me? Oh, sorry. Oh, no. This is <laughs> trapped on other sides of the barrier. <laughs> Where did I put it? And this is how the podcast died.
we're back. Sorry, I um. Dave lost his train ticket. I lost my ticket. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um, the woman kindly let him through it's anyway. Gonna sh- it's gonna show, <laughs> it's gonna up, show up somewhere. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? I don't know. We're talking about how crap the villains are. Oh. I think we've given them enough airtime. Yeah, the villains. Are yeah, crap. the villains. Are um, just, and it's like it's just going so backwards from. They all had the same goal. Like yeah. when the villains and the heroes have the same exact goal, fine. That's what. That's how a quest movie works because you have. Um, they're both going to the same thing, and that's how you get a chase. And then they're both uh, passing the building around, which was fun. I actually really liked. First of all, I really liked the, um, uh, the shrunk building. Yeah, the building was fun. great idea and really fun as a MacGuffin. Like, and the first and that's time an that happened, thing that can chase that you can be in. That was fun, and the first time it actually happened when um, Michael Douglas pressed the button and it shrunk was really fun. And all the stuff with the cars yeah. and the little like selection of cars, really clever. But again, it only got two moments then. of ingenuity really in this movie. But then the chase, right? So, for example. Um, not to rave about Mission Impossible because we've just done two reviews of Mission oh, Impossible but Mission. The, the chases in Mission Impossible are interesting in and of themselves right doesn't matter what's at the end of them they're really easy to follow they're interesting they're fun these chase scenes just happened over and over again the car shrinking the car getting bigger again the car shrinking one of them jumping from the next car to the next car to the next car to the next car and then it was all over and I was like oh thank god and then bloody Lewis gets in a car and does the whole thing again and I was like oh my god I have to watch this again and then there was a bit that like should have looked good which is like Paul Rudd's suit malfunctioning we kept getting big and small big and small but even that wore, wore out for me and I just thought oh god here he is again that in a giant suit in the school just ended like so suddenly it was like oh here's the trophy okay we did it yeah, that was like a strange was no scene earlier on in the movie. What was the peril? No peril. Um, he's shrunken, and there's like a vague bit of humour where he, he could have been a kid, Where's and then it was just pass? over. And then later on, he's kind of using like one of the cars as a scooter because he's so tall. It's like back and forth, and there's a ferry, and it was just all over now, the place. I just c- not visually interesting. I kind of disagree with you. I thought the I thought the chase stuff was really fun, and I thought that's where the movie really lifted for me. And I really enjoyed everyone chasing this building, and now I've got the building. And I thought the way the way watching. Um, watching them watching like somebody who can shrink fight with somebody who can phase in and out of bodies was really fun dynamic and I thought that was quite interesting and I liked the way she was jumping in and out of cars and going big punching people going small punching the other people like I just I that yeah for me that wasn't interesting I think that worked but I can see why it would work for some people but I think at that point I was just so bored of the whole plot anyway but but let me tell you one thing because you mentioned Mission Impossible and I couldn't help but think of our last cinema experience which was Mission Impossible Fallout and watching the first fight scene of this in a hotel room and then it goes into a, she's fighting all of Walton Goggins' guys and then she goes into a kitchen and the, the hand-to-hand combat I just kept, kept thinking like oh my god it's actually hard to watch this when we watch that bathroom scene in, yeah, um, in, the in Mission Impossible, which was so full of life and Fallout. energy, Mission yeah. and like the hand-to-hand stuff here is just so fake. It's Everything hard to looks watch so fake. Action, any other action when you've seen it done so well yeah. by Christopher McQuarrie, like it just set the benchmark too high. Him yeah. and Tom Cruise, so but now it's because they're like, in they're in suits and there's like blatantly a lot of the scene scenes are so fake because they're all different sizes and there's different things happening like there's no sense and this is a problem I have with most of the Marvel movies there's nothing grounded and there's no sense of perspective or where everyone is or you know anything being uh, that I can follow visually and on top of that when you've got a really dull plot like this one had where like ultimately at the end of the day it's all set over about two days and, and it's them trying to get Michelle Pfeiffer back who great I'm a Michelle Pfeiffer fan but 
but why do we, why do we care that people who were kind of sub characters in the last movie, who fair enough are now supposed to be equal billing with Paul Rudd, albeit I would say it's still Paul Rudd's movie, and are we really supposed to care that that her mom who went missing thirty years ago, who we get one scene with, where she's playing hide and seek with the daughter, and she calls her jelly, jelly bean, bean over and over and over again, like the way Paul Rudd calls his daughter peanut over and over and over again. Um, are we really supposed to care that much that we watch a whole movie where they go back to some kind of silly psychedelic place and find her? Like, is that really the motivation for the whole movie? Because it, to me, Paul Rudd's character would not be doing that because he would be finishing out his parole because he made such a big deal about how he needs to be there for his daughter and not be a criminal in the first movie that I just don't buy at all that Paul Rudd's doing any of this. Well, I guess he feels like he owes them. But he doesn't owe them. But he also, said, call me in two days and I'll help you then. It didn't make sense, yeah. Why couldn't yeah. they have just waited yeah, a couple it didn't of days? Make any now, sense. there's a throwaway moment at one point where they're like, they finally get the coordinates for where she is in the quantum zone. Mm-hmm. And then, they, and then she, she, when she's inhabiting Paul Rudd's body in quite a fun scene, yeah, um, I did enjoy that scene. She says, um, "Okay, you have exactly two hours to get me, or we won't be able to get it for another century." Yeah. It's um, like fine. You've just, they've just literally just written in an excuse for. For like a time frame, but yeah, that no, didn't but, exist before. But that didn't exist before, and they should have waited. If you're gonna do all this with like this time bridge, and you're gonna get Ant Man to help you and all these things, do it on like quiet afternoon. You've got you've got a house that you can bring anywhere in the world, right? Yeah. Go to an island off the coast of the mainland that there's nobody else on, and just take your time. Why are you doing it now when you have yeah, all the these problems? It doesn't make any sense. Okay, I will say as well the. Um, the quantum zone I think is a fun idea and I think that's a really interesting place but they don't do anything interesting with it uh, and they even there's throwaway lines that were that, I, that made me think oh that's going to be interesting like she says time works differently here and it can affect the human brain but then all we get is what he just Michael Douglas goes there and goes a bit wacky for a second oh my god this is what I actually meant to discuss so who's doing Michelle Pfeiffer's makeup in this place because she has a full face of makeup when he comes to collect her yet she's aged 30 years <laughs> So I actually thought, Time oh, it might be interesting if she looked the same as she did in, at the start, which I really enjoy with the way they made um, Michael well, Douglas and her look really young. But I thought, okay, and Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. Um, so I kind of enjoyed that, and then it cuts to Michelle Pfeiffer, and she's aged in real time, and she just has a full face of makeup on and has had loads of plastic surgery. So what's going on in this place? It's outrageous. It's ludicrous. She's literally got navy eyeshadow on, and that just annoyed me. It annoyed me so much. And every part of it. And then they just kiss, and then they just oh, we're all happy now. We're all together. There's no repercussion. But also, why isn't she mentally fucked up? What's she been doing? She's been living on her own for thirty years. She's been living on her own for thirty years in a place that she says fucks with your mind. Yeah. So like, when Paul Rudd comes back, how is she not a gibbering mess? When Paul Rudd comes back. She implants some stupid memory antenna thing in his head. Why doesn't she just travel back with him instead of doing all that? Oh, I don't. Because she apparently had access to him. No. But no. More importantly, why is she completely coherent and normal? She's like, like the first thing she does is, is like, what she inhabits Paul Rudd is like, oh my god, we're already arguing. It's yeah, like, no, no, you've been stuck in a horror. You've been stuck in a nightmare for 30 and years. And also she's like, excuse me, honey, while I type in this algorithm. I'm like, so you haven't seen a computer in 30 years and you know how to get straight into this computer well, and type what you're typing. Changed. Yeah, but like, you know, Algorithms computers have changed. changed. Like, she's basically working on an iPad and last time she worked, oh, she was on like one of those really old laptops. But it's laptops, movie science, machine, uh, isn't it? Computers. 
Uh, it is. Well, I think we're going to have to get off, though, because our train is She's landing like, in soon. It's so good to see you, Jellybean, but I have to work on this algorithm. Oh, my God. She said that Jellybean one more time, and if Paul Rudd said peanut one more time. Okay, and we really very briefly need to discuss Paul Rudd's kind of ex, who's Kitty from Arrested Development. And then the guy who... Um, what was with that happy families thing? It's it was weird. Every time he meets his ex-wife and her husband, who's an actor I really like as well, every time... He's very good, wasn't he? Um, I can't remember his name, but every time they meet... Like, he's in um, he's in so many movies, including, like, you know, Blue Jasmine and things like that. But every time they all meet, they hug and kiss. and like, um Stop Googling during the podcast. Um, every time they meet, they, like, hug and kiss and have this weird relationship and like the ex-wife's really annoying and they're all just in his house all the time and they're all video calling each other all the time it's like what is this family dynamic and if I was Evangeline Lilly I'd be like no thanks <laughs> I'm not hiring into this because it's implied she's going to become the stepmother at the end um, do you want to briefly talk about the end credit scene the first yeah time? I'm aware of spoiling it for people on the train I think we're fine it's moved it okay yeah. basically but there's nothing to spoil like. yeah, it's not fair on people on the train okay I th- yeah, I thought I thought it was a nice little touch, a nice little payoff. Yeah, the first one was a nice Infinity little touch. Wide, so basically, Paul Rudd. Yeah, they know. They've seen it. it. Yeah, well, if you haven't, Paul Rudd goes into like this stupid hyperspace place, and then as he's there, he's about to be pulled back by the team, and then they all disappear, aka a la the end yeah, of Infinity which is great. Love seeing the little. Dust. Yeah, and then he's trapped there. I think that's a, that's a great. Yeah, I think that's a really Already, good that's more interesting than anything happening. They should have the just movie. skipped the movie. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, actually yeah. should have just put this at the end of the other movie. Yeah. And then the next end credit scene, which is the really laborious one that you wait like five oh. minutes for, was just okay. It showed TV. All the TV monitors are gone off because of this incident. And then it's just an ant playing the drums. The ant that was impersonating him for his ankle bracelet. I also thought they didn't like. The ankle bracelet stuff never really paid off in the end anyway because he was just back and forth, back and forth, and it didn't really matter. So actually, he didn't have to stay in his house for two years in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so look, I think I'm disappointed. You're really, you're I disappointed. mean, you're really drilling down into well, the I'm just saying, now. N- n- when you actually um, really closely analyse any plot detail of this movie, it doesn't make sense. And that's really bad for a movie that costs I, this much money. I mean, yeah, like, uh, bits like that are maybe a bit nitpicky. But, but you're, you're you're right. In gen in general, when you the 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 mac the macro doesn't work and the micro doesn't no. work as and a, then at a plot level. So if you can't buy into the plot or the motivation, yeah. and there's no momentum, then all you're reliant on is the jokes to keep you going. Yeah. And they weren't there either. No. So and the charm of Paul Rudd, you know, and again, like we don't do and this he's podcast. Still charming. Yeah, we don't do this podcast to be negative. Like we're genuinely disappointed that we didn't like it. And I wish that um. I wish that someone had been with us who did like it to like counter argue. Like we should have had our Marvel correspondence. I hate when we come across so negative. Yeah, I wish really wish I'd liked it. Like the last movie, this I came out because I actually saw this without Dave. I saw it with my mom. Um, It's probably the only one I've ever watched without you. And I messaged you because you hadn't seen it yet, and I was like, "This movie's amazing! You're going to love it!" Like I was so happy. Me and my mom laughed the whole movie. It didn't matter that she didn't know any Marvel movies. Like none of that mattered. We just loved it. and I think she came because she liked Paul Rudd because he's a selling point to people who aren't necessarily interested in this yeah. universe um, but yeah huge disappointment it's just flat it was yeah. just a really flat and I won't watch the next movie. one now um, they said that they're going to come back at the end I just thought ugh I don't care um, I will say though I enjoyed Randall Park as the uh, FBI oh he agent, was good yeah he's always good he was and funny he, his he last had, scene with Paul Rudd was funny that was the time when I laughed yeah, out loud that was, was a standout gag for me when he says the classic <laughs> the classic cliche line of I'll see you around yeah and then <laughs> Paul Rudd breaks it down where, for him where will you see me yeah that was good I did <laughs> enjoy that are you inviting that. me to dinner um, or 
<laughs> that was. Good. I mean, I'll oh, see you around actually, next sorry, time I arrest you. The only thing that I found, aside from the building drink, which was fun, the, funnily, the, the, the end scene of the movie was the cutest bit. It was they're at a drive-through, and then you realise what it is that they've actually shrunk their car and oh, they're into the laptop, and yeah, that was cute. Yeah, that was cute. So. They ended on a high for me because it was the Polaroid looking at Evangeline Lily like Clueless and the laptop thing and I just thought, no, Kathy, remember, you don't like this movie, you like the scene. Two <laughs> <laughs> very different things. And the post-credit, uh, sorry, the actual credits were done in a very stylish way with little models. Little yeah, they're, I mean, quite, they're cute, but like, like, you know, that. nothing interesting. Okay, so, um, let us know if you disagree with us and we hope you like the movie, so please tell us if you did. Um, we're on Twitter where we kind of mainly chat to people at the cinema. We, we want to hear from people who like this and um, tell us why you think we're wrong yeah um, and tell us we what want, you liked about it if we, you've seen need, it I mean need more box office on this is obviously nothing on any uh, any of the other um, particularly the like Avengers movies like, which are huge and I know a lot of that's repeat viewing but it's also just there's more interest in them like I really couldn't see someone now going to see this movie twice in the cinema unless they're like a film critic who's been invited to multiple screenings or something wait who's, who's this film critic that's going to multiple screenings I'm just saying like I don't movie? I don't see why someone would pay yeah, to yeah, see yeah, this okay. movie a couple of times like I mean we only paid five ninety nine, and I feel like we overpaid I can't imagine this movie's got its diehard fans no I mean I think kids would like it because you know there's fun Ant-Man stuff yeah. in it um, but right, yeah so on. catch us on Facebook Twitter Instagram we're at thecinema.com and we're on iTunes and we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave us a review there yes okay bye and you can email us send us along all email <laughs> cinemile at gmail.com sometimes people email us and we love it um, we always write back we always write back yeah okay bye bye love you hey, what's up with the fancy pastry we gotta keep the food budget down well what are we supposed to have for breakfast the oatmeal packets Oatmeal packets. It's insult. Why is it insult? Because it tastes like sand. You know why? It's because it's organic. No, That's it's why. not organic. It's sand. It's you the most important meal of the day. You know what? You can get creative it with it. Break teeth. I'll put a little brown sugar on it. You can put some cinnamon. Put a little honey. You, you, guys, no, guys, you guys, 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 come on, man. We got bigger fish to fry. Is that my desk? Yeah. What? Why do I have such a small desk? Because well, you weren't there when we were choosing desks. You snooze, you lose. Well, I was under house arrest. Yeah. You know what? This isn't even a desk. This is garbage. You found this outside amongst garbage. I got it at a rummage sale. So you save money on my desk? Guys. Hope, please. We need to focus, all right? We got to find that lab already. Jeez. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.